This podcast is sponsored by Bang & Olufsen. A concert recording, a new symphony, even your favourite podcast. It matters how it sounds. Peter Bang and Sven Olufsen knew this when they founded their Danish audio brand in 1925, and their vision endures today. For nearly a century, Bang & Olufsen has been pushing the boundaries of audio technology and continues to sit at the forefront of acoustic innovation, because sound matters. Find out more at bang-olufsen.com forward slash classical. So here it is. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the BBC Music Magazine Christmas Issue special podcast. I'm Oliver Condy, the magazine's editor, and with tinsel bedecked all over the studio today, I'm joined by the entire editorial team, managing editor Rebecca Franks, reviews editor Michael Beek, deputy editor Jeremy Pound, and editorial assistant Freya Parr. Hello. 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 And we're all wearing our various Christmas jumpers. I think, Michael, what have you got? Uh, I've got a very tasteful festive jumper <laughs> with some uh, you know, reindeer and snowflakes on. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. Jeremy, what's your Christmas jumper? <laughs> blue, and it's from M&S. <laughs> blue, and it's from M&S. Freya, I thought you were going to wear it. You have actually got some blue well, stars on your shirt. accidentally, yes. I've left all, all two of my Christmas jumpers at home. So Fabulous earrings, though. Well... <laughs> This is just an everyday look I threw together, really. But Excellent. incidentally festive. And we have sherry, we have mince pies, we have crackers, so we're all ready to go. So it's on with the show. The BBC Music Magazine So before we get started, I think it's time for a cracker. Who's going to pull a cracker? Freya, go on. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Oh, so it's got a hat in there. Yeah, there is a hat. Who's going to wear the there first hat? hat? Who's going to wear the first hat? Freya, you wear the first Thank hat. Thank you so much. Go on, you've also got Thrill. a plastic frog. That's generous. Is there a joke? Are you going in to there? tell us a joke as well, Freya? <laughs> I am going to tell you a joke. Right, hold on to your horses for this one. Why was the former conductor of the Berlin Phil always first off the plane? <laughs> that's why was the I Berlin? can't tell you because that's the joke that I was going to read to because <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he was carry-on luggage or something Ooh. oh very good Jeremy oh, because he nice. only had carry-on luggage oh, oh, very good. ten very points good. very good <laughs> very good uh, and I think to celebrate that wonderful joke we're going to hear one of the BBC Music Magazine's commissioned carols from 2018. It's Dobrinka Tabakova's carol, Goodwill to Men and Peace on Earth, sung by the choir of the Queen's College, Oxford, and it's on this month's cover CD. was the choir of the Queen's College Oxford performing Dobrinka Tabakova's Goodwill to Men and Peace on Earth, which we commissioned for the magazine in the 2018 magazine. So we're going to move on to our favourite Christmas memories. Um, Michael, 
What do you remember musically about Christmas over the years? You know, I always go to school. I always think of my time at primary school because there's that sort of lovely build-up, wasn't there? And you'd also you'd get the Christmas songs out and you'd learn them ready for the Christmas concert. And I think that's just a really warm memory for me. I was always a narrator as well in the concert. Always enjoyed that. I was front end of the camel. Jeremy, was that your most memorable Christmas? No, it wasn't. I'm going to be very kind of staid and boring. Though I'm going to go back to school days because I was a, a chorister way back when in the early 80s, kind of long time ago. And we used to do, this was at New College Oxford, and we used to do two big carol services, which were always packed out because most most Oxbridge colleges um, during Evensong have about three people in the congregation. So it was rather nice to have a full chapel for a change. And we did one on Advent Sunday. And then the following one was the following week on, no, that was the Christmas carol service. And then because it was university term time, you'd stop at about sort of 8th of December and then pack up for the pack up for the year is rather nice but they were very atmospheric excellent rebecca well i was going to say as well back to school the carol service we used to do in the local church and we used to have a little candlelit procession at the beginning and we'd often alternate between once in royal um david city and the sussex carol which is quite hard to walk into if you ever tried it's quite quite skipping along rather than walking and we used to have these candles and we used to worry about everyone's hair catching on fire but that was a really it was a good memory of course, playing with the wax when you were smaller as well, putting the bits of burnt wax into oh, the yeah. flame. Smaller, still, still fun. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah, fun. <laughs> Freya, go on. What's your favourite? Well, because I'm crass and low-brow, mine is not nearly as chic and sophisticated as everyone else's, but we had a singing and dancing Christmas tree in my house called Douglas Fir that whenever you walked nice. past it, it used to sing Deck the Halls with flashing lights oh. and dance movements. That sounds really <laughs> Yeah, nice. my granny has a, a dancing Santa Claus that you press the button and he sings a little song and he wiggles his hips. Oh, we also have we also have one of those, Jelly Santa, but it no. got a little bit mouldy one year. They so last no. a lot, yeah. They do. My nan's got a dancing <laughs> dog that does the same. <laughs> 15 years now it's been on the shelf. <laughs> Ticking along. I'm glad I'm going to take things back to a rather more prosaic. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, so I used to play the organ for a church back in London, uh, St Paul's Clapham, and um, I just remember doing the Christmas Eve service, the crib service in the afternoon, midnight mass, and then the Christmas Day service, uh, obviously on Christmas morning. And then I used to drive back to my parents up in the Midlands, but um, rather, uh, you know, festively, I would have a kip on the service station on the M, <laughs> uh, on, on the M5 on the way up. So that was most of my Christmas afternoon was spent sleeping in my Vauxhall Nova. <laughs> The at a service room. station <laughs> on the M5. I remember, I remember going to midnight mass in my student years. Um, it would be after we'd been to the Bowyer's Arms in Radley for the evening, <laughs> and we'd all tootle over from the pub to the church. And my dad was in the church choir, and of course we all we used to go up for communion, which would mean walking straight past the choir oh and trying to pretend to my dad that I wasn't completely <laughs> blotto. <laughs> Gently swaying. And he always knew. <laughs> kind of grinned at me. Excellent. So quick fire round. Favorite carol, Rebecca. Oh, I've written down three. Oh, Holy Night, Coventry Carol, and not technically a Christmas carol, but O Come, O Come, Emmanuel for Advent. Jeremy. Um, o Manum Mysterium, the Morton Lauritsen setting for me. Smashing. For similar reasons to what Jeremy mentioned with the swaying in Midnight Mass, I saw three ships because that's a good <laughs> swaying motion. <laughs> uh, oh, Holy Night, definitely. Ah, oh, lovely. Ah, oh. and my favourite is uh, Peter Warlock's Bethlehem Down. I, oh, it's just quite mournful. Carol, it's a bit downcast. Maybe sort of sent me to sleep on the M5. I don't know. You can't be a bit, bit of sort of. It's beautiful. Downbeaten. It's Christmas, Christmas melancholy. melancholy. Yeah, Christmas melancholy. And, exactly. an, and there is actually an incredible new recording of it on uh, Christmas at St George's Windsor, uh, recorded indeed by the choir of St George's Windsor, and we're going to hear the performance now. Hooray. 
another crack. Time for another crack. Right, well, I've got, a, I've got a joke by the looks of it, and have I got a hat anywhere? Technically, I won that cracker. <laughs> oh, thank you, you very much. Good. And, right. And oh, brilliant. Excellent. A water pistol, a water pistol. Think, good. Well. Okay. So, why did Beethoven refuse to write any quavers or minims? I don't know. Why did he? Because <laughs> he was feeling crotchety. <laughs> uh, very good very joke. good joke. I like it. That was a homemade joke as well, oh, wasn't it? We had some candle after another. <laughs> oh goodness me! Well, I think we need to take things up a level, don't we? So let's talk about this month's magazine. This month's magazine. So after a quick sip of sherry, uh, just time to remind you about our website at classical-music.com. You can read about all the latest music happening, thousands of reviews, and a good deal more. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we have an iPad edition, so there's no excuse not to read us. And if you fancy subscribing to our print edition, we have a special discount for all you wonderful podcast listeners. You can now get 30% off every six issues, which takes the cost down to just £25.15. You can claim the offer by visiting buysubscriptions.com slash music podcast. So let's play a little bit more Messiah. So that was Four Unto Us, the Ch- A Child Is Born from Handel's Messiah. And the reason we're playing you that is because the Christmas issue is all about Handel's Messiah and the story of how Handel's Messiah became such a popular um, sort of adjunct to Christmas. I mean, it's not really Christmas without your local performance of Messiah, but it was really an Easter piece. So how did this uh, oratorio become so sort of beloved by choirs up and down the country? Paul Riley takes a look at that. Uh, it's a rather fascinating piece, isn't it, Jeremy? Yes, it is, and I think kind of one of the one of the glories of Christmas every year is a, going to a performance of the Messiah. Um, we did a we've made a compilation actually of the various performances which you can hear around the country, both in the states actually and here, and particularly in the states actually everywhere seems to have a big performance of the Messiah. I've sung in a couple myself in the past, so it's mm. it's nice to read all about its history and its, and the big scale Messiahs are still all the rage. I mean, despite the fact that we all like want to apart Bach and want to apart sort of Baroque music, everything's pared down. There's still this sense of the sort of Victorian big choir that people still like to treat the Messiah to. And do we all stand during the Alleluia chorus, or is that sort of not done anymore? Oh, some people do, don't they? Some people do. Yeah, I take any opportunity to stand <laughs> during a good sing song. <laughs> You're generally in the choir, so you would be standing in any case. Well, quite. <laughs> and, of course, a lot of them take place in churches. Uh, and we've also got a feature about parish church choirs this Christmas. Yes, we have. So we've taken a look outside the cathedrals and Oxbridge chapels. And our writer, Richard Morrison, has headed off uh, to talk to various directors around the UK about the kind of the highs and lows and the joys and the difficulties of, of running a parish choir and, uh, the, you know, obtaining these great musical standards, often on a shoestring budget um, and maybe with dwindling con- congregations and, and looking at ways that 
that that can still exist, how it can flourish, where work is being done to reinvigorate that. Um, and I thought it was a really interesting piece, actually, because it's something that sometimes gets a little bit lost when you when you see all the big cathedral choirs at Christmas and actually remembering that there is all this music making going on up and down the country. Fantastic. I think we should follow that with a Christmas cracker. There's no other way. Why not? Uh, you and you and you and Freya. Go on, Michael. You and who's you and? Ready? That's a good crack. That was a very good one. <clears throat> uh, why did the woodwind player go fishing? Why did the woodwind player go fishing? I don't know. Because he wanted to catch a bass soon. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, very good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's my favourite so far. Oh, great. Oh, oh nice. Um, Frey, <laughs> you've got to tell us about the uh, Bar Humbug feature in the magazine. Yes. So, uh, in sort of spirit of all things Scrooge, we spoke to some musicians this month uh, about their concert hall gripes. So, obviously, audience members are quite easily irritated with rustling sweet wrappers and coughing and phones, blah, 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 blah. But you often think there's kind of a wall between the stage and the audience and often that, you know, they're doing their bits on stage and aren't distracted. But actually, we kind of showed in this piece that, that there's not really that wall between the stage and the, the <laughs> performance, actually. Mm-hmm. They're just as distracted as we might be. So we spoke to a whole host of people, Julian Bliss, uh, Lucy Schalfer, uh, Stephen Isselis, um, about all the things that kind of got to be in their bonnet when they were performing with some very entertaining anecdotes. And um, we also named some of ours. Should we, should we revisit some of our... Console hall miseries? Yes. <laughs> Shall I begin? <laughs> yes. Intervals. I hate intervals. <laughs> yeah. Good for a wee, but just, it's just annoying, isn't it? And mm. I went to something recently in London and they had, it was an opera and they put two intervals in, oh. one after 35 mm. minutes. Mm. And it meant that, and it's well, anyone coming from outside London, it makes it really difficult because it goes on forever. I think yeah. the most ludicrous in- intervals are the ones at the BBC proms. The trouble is that it's such a bit vast building that by the time everyone has yeah. out, out, <laughs> come back in again, it takes ages to get up the stairs again. Yes. There's absolutely yes, no that's point. Very true. That's very true. Just see the ushers getting it. slowly, really <laughs> frantic trying to get everyone back in their seats. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think my, my big bugbear is uh, boring programme notes. Um, programme notes that not just boring, but... Uh, are are sort of uh, long and and too involved, and so people are buried in the the program booklets while the performances is taking place. Um, so that's my it's, you know, and also singers' biographies. I was about to say, all they do is name yes. every single role they've done <laughs> since time immemorial, <laughs> and, and and it's and they're just show offs for agents who might be in the audience. Yes, who cares that, that someone cares? played Violetta in La Monet in nineteen eighty four? Exactly, <laughs> or Rodalinda in Australia, in Tasmania, <laughs> yes. or whatever it is. Exactly. So go on, Freya. What's your big bugbear? Well, mine is. Um... Well, <laughs> kind of easily irritated audience members. It's <laughs> 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 me. <laughs> no, I think it's just it's the tutting, usually, um, and the the dark looks. If God forbid, you know, you came in ever so slightly late and apologised or had to lean over to get your back. I mean, yeah, it's annoying having noises, but. Everyone just needs to be a bit more civil, I think. <laughs> I once got asked to stop swaying in my seat by a fellow audience See? member. See? Well, Let I a man got, sway. I got mm. told off for writing too loudly. Yeah. You're quick. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was your... the thing. Yeah. It was weird of you to take a typewriter to that. <laughs> 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 
The normal things that are generally irritating are even more irritating in the concert hall. Mm. You know, the rustling of the sweets, the heavy breather, the sort of the tapping of the toes. You know, all these things I we actually, just sort of yeah, ignore in everyday life. Yeah. Why even someone in, yeah. hasn't invented a, a non-rustling cough? Because if you're yeah. going to cough, you're going to make a noise and then you always have to rustle the cough sweet. Like, mm. why can't someone invent a... Didn't Radio 3 do that once? They sort of branded some like their own sweets for mm. you to... Opening in concerts oh, and really? rappers were sort of silent rappers. But they so you can get those travel ones, can't you? In the tin, you can open the tin and then obviously blow icing sugar on <laughs> everyone. But, um, but 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 yes, I mean that would be the simplest thing, wouldn't it? Just don't yeah. rattle the tin. Yeah. Have we done your bugbear? Uh, no, mine's very contradictory. Um, I think the bugbear that I've put in the magazine was that I don't like people chewing gum and eating in concerts. I kind no, of that's fair enough. Me a I think it's bit. fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's not no. big for me. Um, mine is people who leave at the end without applauding. Now, I'm not buying into the, oh, they must catch the last train home nonsense Well, here. they must catch the last train home. Yeah. Well, no, well, sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes if you're in, sort of, if you're in, in yeah. Bristol, goodness. <laughs> yeah, if you're in, well, no, recently I went to a concert in the middle of the Cotswolds. There was no public transport servicing this place, and the roads were completely empty, and yet you still had people dashing out as soon as the One pianist had finished, and he was brilliant. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, why not? You know, if you stayed for an hour and a half to listen to this fantastic concert, of course you can last another two minutes just to go, well yeah, Relieving the babysitter? Oh, come on. It's the babysitter kind of charging £5 a minute overtime or something. But then also sometimes the unnecessary encore... I find equally annoying. Well, that's and, true. Yeah, and so also over ambitious programs that actually mm. give you an end time and then massively overrun. Well, that's it. Especially that's if you, really you, you say you're travelling back to Bristol, yeah. let's say, and you're in a concert. I yeah, had that. Like getting to half ten and you've got the 11 o'clock train. Like, Birmingham, oh, and it was 40 minutes longer than it has said. And yes. it's like, that's What's the world's longest curtain call? I mean, didn't, didn't Pavarotti have to do about 25 returns yes. to the stage? And there wasn't you know, those kind of one or two pianists who used to do sort of eight or nine encores. Yes, that's got to cheat you yeah. off a bit, hasn't it? And by the time Horowitz got to tram arrive for the 14th <laughs> time, you know, you, you sort of, you, you know, I think... Oh, we've got quite a few gripes, haven't we? <laughs> we are a miserable bunch. <laughs> yeah. So let's, all, let's relax to another carol that we commissioned, this time back in 2017, by the composer Toby Young. And this is The Owl, and it's also on this month's cover disc. So that was the choir of the Queen's College Oxford performing Toby Young's The Owl, which we commissioned uh, a couple of years ago for the magazine. Um, we've commissioned another one this year. Uh, it's by Owen Park, and it's called Here is the Little Door, setting words by the poet Francis Chesterton. And it's a gorgeous poem, sort of Halsian, quite sort of slow-moving. We think it's going to be perfect for uh, choirs across the land, indeed around the world, for you to include in either this year's Christmas concerts and carol services, or indeed next year, or indeed the years after. So um, please uh, do feel free to photocopy the carol. Please feel free to download the PDF, which will be on our website, and um, get rehearsing and get performing. Um, and we wish you the best of luck, and we'd very much like you to send in uh, your audio recordings or even your YouTube recordings to music at classical-music.com and we'll load the very best onto our website and onto our YouTube channel. Now now time for another cracker. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here's your... 
<laughs> a good crack there. There you go. There's your hat and your toy. Thank you. What, what toy what have, have I got? got? You've got a lobster. Wow. <laughs> Did I get well, that? Mine. Is what? Oh, yeah, I got the water pistol. You did, you got the water pistol. I can use that in the office. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this was my backup joke because my original Sorry. joke, Rebecca. <laughs> you mean it didn't come out of your cracker? <laughs> Sorry, it did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you get when you drop a piano down a mine shaft? Ooh. Ooh, I, I, I did know this one. A minor something. A, a, flat, a flat minor. minor. Hey, yeah. Very good. Oh, very good. <laughs> very homicidal. Yes. <laughs> yes, apologies, all minors. <laughs> and now it's indeed time for First Listen. First Listen. Before we kick off with sharing three of our favourite Christmas and Advent recordings, we'd like to tell you how you can get involved in sharing your musical discoveries uh, with your fellow readers. Um, just send us what you've been listening to to music at classical-music.com and you could be in with the chance of being published on our Music to My Ears page. So let's listen to the first of our chosen Christmas recordings. So that was Finnessy's Telling, and that was performed by the Choir of St George's Windsor on their new recording on the Hyperion label, Christmas with St George's Windsor. It's absolutely gorgeous, static little carol, isn't it? I mean, it's, it just moves beautifully, flows beautifully. Yes, the whole programme is absolutely gorgeous, I have to say. It's really well chosen. There's one or two vaguely familiar carols in here, but only a couple. Um, but the rest of it is so well put together. So they have three sections. We begin with Advent, then we move on to Christmas, and then Epiphany at the end. Um, and it ranges all the way from the likes of Bird and Gibbons in Renaissance England through to the current day. Um, it's actually, a lot of it is fairly sort of slow paced, but no, none the worse for that. It's a very sort of thoughtful disc and all very, very beautifully sung as well. Actually, Highly recommended. It is. Yeah. It's our Christmas choice this month as well. I actually went to Evensong there recently and it's a really beautiful and very interesting chapel. I hadn't quite appreciated the sort of the history of it. Um, and that Henry VIII is buried there, Charles I, Jane Seymour, and there's this amazing um, the Oriel window which Henry VIII created so Catherine of Aragon could sit and watch the services inside because she wasn't allowed in the chapel. And all go. these flags as well for the different knights of the garters. Mm. Um, so there are and there's actually a vacancy for one of those, so there are 24 of them at the moment. Um, yeah, so it's a really, it's a really fascinating place to go and visit. If you I'm still, I'm still boycotting the place after I wasn't invited to the, to the royal wedding last year. I'm quite how I was left off the guest list. <laughs> that I don't know. I mean, a major oversight. <laughs> Although, joking apart, in the the CD booklet, it says you can public can attend services there. You have to go to the website and you know find the service and, and royal weddings included. <laughs> Probably not. No, really, <laughs> but it goes like any regular chapel across country, of course, isn't it? Um, mm. uh, the second one we got is called Advent Carols from King's College London, as you might expect. It's a collection of Advent carols from King's College London. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the Delphian label. And we're going to listen to Cecilia McDowell's uh, Advent Moon.
So I'm just swallowing a bit of mince pie very hastily. Um, that was Joseph Fort conducting the Choir of King's College London in Cecilia McDowell's Advent Moon, beautiful piece on a new collection of carols on the Delphian label called Advent Carols from King's College London. And our final choice is Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker. How could we have a choice without Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker? Uh, the State Academic Symphony Orchestra of Russia, uh, conducted by Vladimir Zhirovsky. Go on, Fred, tell us why this is so wonderful. So this was a live recording that they did earlier this year from the Moscow Tchaikovsky Conservatory in Russia. That's quite hard to say after half a glass of sherry. Um, and it, So it doesn't have that kind of super clean studio finish, but the the technique throughout is so precise and it's just bang on the mark. And when I was listening to it and I was sort of scribbling notes, I think I wrote, very clean, very precise, very Russian. Fabulous. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, they, it's really glorious in parts. And we're going to listen to just an extract from the overture, actually, that kicks the whole thing off. That was the overture to Nutcracker, recorded by the State Academic Symphony Orchestra of Russia under Vladimir Jarovsky, and that was recorded on Pentatone. And that's out now. And I think before we have the final cracker and we bid you farewell, we're going to all reveal what we're doing for Christmas this year. Jeremy. My musical celebrations this year for Christmas are going to involve hopefully going to a carol service at Tewkesbury Abbey, which is one of my favourite buildings and has a wonderful choir. Excellent. Rebecca. Hopefully some singing and going to a local Bristol group for a charity thing with a friend and also singing with our office choir, which Jeremy will be singing with too. That's going to be another Christmas party, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. nothing we can't ruin. <laughs> Michael, you're not in the choir, are you? I'm not in the choir, but I will probably go and see a brass band because I like a brass band Oh, lovely. Where anyone anyone in particular? Salvation Army, probably. Yeah, mm. I had a very good one on the pier at Western Supermare recently. Oh, a bit, bit chilly again. though. I think that's quite nice, yeah. isn't it? When you're cold and the brass band. Yeah, and if you get yourself a mulled wine. <laughs> yes. I am singing in a concert at Tintersfield, a National Trust property just out of Bristol, and I'll be doing the usual midnight mass merriment and going to St Albans Cathedral on Christmas Day. Lovely. The um, the chapel at Tinsel is lovely, isn't it? Beautiful. Oh, so nice. Really, it's really, really lovely. lovely. Yes, I've sung in the concert there myself. Small and intimate and lovely. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it's really, really nice. Um, and I'm going to be singing with my choir, Exultate Singers, um, in St. James's Priory, which is this gorgeous uh, Norman Priory just by the bus station of all places. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? It's lovely. Uh, it's great, but it was restored. Yeah. I mean, it was left derelict for many, many, many years. And then a national lottery uh, grant gave it a new lease of life. It's now used as a centre for um, uh, rehabilitating drug addicts and alcoholics and um, now it's also used as a, as a concert venue it's, it's got such a fine acoustic mm. Norman's knew all about architectural proportion so come and hear it I forget the date but google it Exultate <laughs> St. Right. James's Priory fantastic now I'm the only one who hasn't said a joke yet so who'd like to pull my cracker <laughs> <laughs> off we go <laughs> off we go Rebecca you're next Jim. oh, oh go go on. Go go ready oh, oh, Uncle Climax there, there we go I, think I haven't put my hat on yet Uncle Climax I'm yeah. going to get my um, 
I've got a um, I've got a, a, a comb. I've got a comb. It's a ruler and a comb. And a comb. Oh, oh, I've got any hair for in it. And, um, and yeah, stencils. And I've I've got my joke. Here we go. So, did you hear about the jazz drummer whose daughters were all called the same name? Anna one, Anna. And a two. one, and a two, oh, and a three, and a four. <laughs> Very Spectacular good. note to end. Very <laughs> really good joke. Happy Christmas. <laughs> and on that slightly disappointing note, uh, it's time to end the Christmas issue podcast. We do hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you on a rather more sober note, perhaps, for the January issue. So it's goodbye from all of us. Goodbye, goodbye. and happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The BBC Music Magazine Podcast. Do you want to be part of a global community of people who are passionate about sound? Join the House of Bang & Olufsen for the latest news on sound innovation, as well as invites to exclusive events, special offers, and behind-the-scenes content. You'll also be the first to receive information about new and limited series products, from atelier editions to highly coveted collaborations. Sign up today at bang-olufsen.com forward slash classical.